Welcome, friends. You are here for episode 86 of the Love Your People Well podcast. And you are also here for the first episode in our July Summertime in the Psalms series. We are going to be diving in each week to a different psalm and looking not only at what does it say, what does it tell us about God and ourselves, but also how does it apply to our family life? How does this psalm help us love God, love ourselves, love our family? How does it help us build healthy, holy, and happy family relationships? So I am really excited about this. I have really enjoyed diving into these psalms personally, and I'm really excited to share some of the insights that God is giving me as I consider not only what is he saying in a general way, but how can I apply it to my family, my family life, my family relationships. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to dive in today with Psalm 139. Um, So feel free to hit pause right now and go read it yourself. But I am each week going to read through the psalm in its entirety before we start. And no, we're not going to dig into Psalm, what is it, 119? (laughs) That has like a million verses. Um, Yeah, some some are longer than others, but it is God's word that is actually alive and powerful and life-changing. And so we will start our conversation by reading through Psalm 139, and then we'll just talk through it. What do we learn What do we see? How do we apply it to family life? So my friends, let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast. We're here to build healthy, happy, and holy family relationships. I'm Jess, a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe God creates us for relationships, relationship with him and with each other. So if you want to build a strong marriage, connect with your kids, find peace and purpose at the end of those crazy days, and keep Jesus at the center of it all, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Alrighty, as we dive in to Psalm 139, um, I do want to give my usual disclaimer, not so much that we're digging into like counseling related things, but partly so that I don't forget (laughs) that I like to do this every week. So... Uh, I'm a therapist. I am a marriage and family therapist in South Carolina, but this podcast and all the resources from Love Your People Well are not counseling. This is not therapy. I'm not your therapist. You can always head to loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash counseling if you are um, wondering to maybe get a little more info about mental health and for the Christian, how do we connect with a great counselor? Lots of great info there. Went with all of that behind us, all of the housekeeping stuff behind us, let's read through Psalm 139 and then talk about how does this psalm help us invest in our family life and love our people well. So I'm just going to read the psalm and then we will talk through it. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, O Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, 
Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them as my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Ah, my friends, what a beautiful psalm. (laughs) And there are some sections of Psalm 139 that are very familiar to us. They're kind of a part of really probably just modern culture, but definitely they're talked about a lot in the church about how God has created us in our mother's womb and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. But there is nothing in this psalm that we want to take for granted. So let's talk through what we see in this psalm. The summary that I would give is we see that God knows everything and he still loves us, protects us, and pursues relationship with us. God knows when I'm sitting and when I'm rising. God knows literally everything about us. He knows it before it even happens. He knows it from before, or I should say he knew it from before he even started creating us and knitting us together. He already knew all the hairs on our head. He already knew every word we would speak. He already knew all the days ordained for us. He knows everything. And maybe even more amazing than that, he knows all of that and he still wants a relationship with us. He still desires intimacy. And that is just incredible. So as I read through this psalm, I see a few takeaways. I see a few things for me, just as an individual, for all of us as individuals. But I also see some things for our family, our role as a wife, our role as a mom. But if we think first about ourselves, just as individuals, as women who are following Jesus, and we consider the reality that absolutely nothing about who we are, what we do, what we experience, nothing is hidden from God. Well, first of all, that should lead us to confession in a big way. (laughs) He knows every word on my tongue. And, And I know that I have had those moments where... Um, you know, you you word things differently to different people, like it's the same thought, but like, would I say it this way to my mom? Or would I say it this way if she's not in the room? Would I say it this way to my child? Or would I say it this way if she's not in the room? 
God is always in the room, my friends. He knows every single word on our tongue before we've even said it. And I think it is so true. Verse six, which says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. There is nothing that I need to confess before the Lord that he's not already aware of. And I absolutely love how this psalm ends. Um, I actually pray verses 23 and 24 quite frequently. Uh, These were the verses that said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We want to know ourselves in a more right and accurate and true way so that we can have a better relationship with the Lord who already knows us far more deeply, far more accurately, far more intimately than we know ourselves. So we are called to confess. We are called to be honest with ourselves and with God. And we are called to trust God. If he already knows when we're sitting and rising, when we're going out or lying down, and he is hemming us in behind and before, there is nowhere we can go that is away from him, that is apart from him, that is hidden from him, then we can trust that no matter what we're going through, the good and the bad, the stressful and the calm, every single aspect of our lives is in God's control and we can trust him. And I'm also reminded for me as an individual, before I even think about my role as a mom, my role as a wife, I am also reminded by this psalm that I have a responsibility to seek to grow to seek to live well, and to seek to know God. We see that, you know, in these closing verses about asking God to search us and know our hearts, lead me in the way everlasting. We want to do that because we want to be growing. (laughs) We will not grow if we pretend that our heart is already pure, that we don't have any anxious thoughts, that we don't need any sort of leading. We want to ask God to lead us into growth. And even in these verses toward the end where it talks about asking God to slay the wicked, away from me, you who are bloodthirsty, you know, it's talking just briefly here about God, how God interacts with people who are not believers, people who are in rebellion against him and who therefore are in rebellion against us, who are (laughs) against us because we identify with God. As we look at that, those are often difficult verses for us to process because they don't sound loving, they don't sound forgiving. But the reality is, sin has absolutely no place in God's presence. Sin deserves judgment and needs judgment. And so I read these verses, and especially in the context of everything else, about how God already knows everything about me, and I can't go anywhere to escape from him. He created me. He knows every single moment of my life then I read these verses and I am challenged and reminded that I don't want to be among the wicked. I don't want to misuse God's name. I want to be on God's side. I want to agree with him. When he says something is good, I want to agree. When he says something is evil, I want to agree. I want to live well in close relationship with the God who created me, who knows me, and who sustains me. And so, um, and in all of this, you know, friends, I'm not a theologian. I don't have any 
you know, masters of divinity or any of that. I do not pastor a church or anything like that, but I do read the Bible a lot and I seek to understand what I'm reading. And so I realize there's a lot more we can take away from this psalm and every other psalm. And I know that there probably are are other interpretations of some of what we're talking about today. (laughs) But I want us all to, to dive into God's word and to consider what is it saying, just point blank, and then how does it apply to me, to my life and the roles that God has placed me in. And when I think about that role that I have and that you have as a mom, and a wife as a a part of our family, a leader in our family. I mean, how often do we wish that we had this kind of knowledge about our kids and our husbands? Like we want to know, especially as they get older and maybe we're a little bit worried about our kids, you know, we want to know what are they thinking about? What are they doing right now? What are they about to do? <laughs> Is it something I should be excited about or worried about? We sometimes, you know, we feel like they're trying to hide from us, like they're trying to get away from us. We, we often want a level of control and a level of knowledge for our family members that, number one, we don't deserve, we don't have. God is the only one with that level of knowledge and control. And number two, we don't actually want it. We do not actually want to know every single thought in our husband's heads. We do not actually want to know every single word that our kids are about to say, even when they're not around us. That level of knowledge is simply not something that human beings can handle. I mean, it says that right here in verse six, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And we need to be reminded of kind of that reality check that we are not in control of our family, of our marriage, of our kids. We do not have complete knowledge about what's happening, why it's happening, the motivation behind what's happening. Sometimes we think we do, but often we're jumping to conclusions. We're assuming, well, you said this, and therefore I know that what you really meant is this, or you're saying it because you're being passive aggressive, or you're trying to get back at me or whatever. That might be true. That might not be true. Only God knows the ultimate deep realities of your kids' hearts, your husband's heart, and your heart. And even when we may genuinely experience one of the people we love the most trying to get away from us, like we see here in verses 7 through 12, you know, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Our kids can, and our husband can, they can sneak away from us. They can create distance in our relationship. They can hide things from us. That that is a possible reality in family life. But we can stand firm on the equally true reality, even deeper reality, that they cannot hide those things from God. They cannot convince God that the sin in their life is not sin. They cannot trick God into thinking the darkness that they might be leaning into is actually light. We are human and we don't know everything. We can't control everything. We will experience distance at times in our relationships, but God never has to deal with that. And so as we trust God, he knows everything about us and he still loves us, We can equally trust he knows everything about our kids, everything about our husbands, everything about our family life as a whole. 
and he still loves us. He still sustains us. He still protects us. So as moms in particular, well, as moms and as wives, we can trust, as we read through Psalm 139, we're reminded that we can trust that God has our people in his hands. Their salvation does not depend on you. Their happiness does not depend on you. The strength and security of your marriage and of your parenting, that does not depend on you. God already knows all of it, and it is all in his hand. We see that in verse, uh, where is it? Verse 16, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Anytime you're feeling anxious about your kids, about your marriage, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? How can I change things? We can trust that God has already ordained every day for them. God already knows their hearts, their anxious thoughts, the offensive ways in them. And he is the one, not you, not me. He is the one who will lead the people we love in the way everlasting. And so friends, as we read through Psalm 139 and we consider what does it tell us about God? What does it tell us about us? What does it tell us about family life? I think there are three takeaways that I would encourage for all of us and that I know I find helpful as I read this psalm. Again, they're not the only takeaways. <laughs> they're not, you know, I'm not saying that, uh, I think this is a psalm of David. Yep, a psalm of David. Uh, I'm not saying he wrote down thinking about family life when he was writing this psalm. Undoubtedly, he was thinking about the Lord and he was praying through through this, this praise of who God is and how incredibly omnipotent God is and how incredibly good God is. But there are some takeaways that I see that help me better understand how to invest in and lead my family and our relationships. And the first is I need to trust God. I need to not just trust him for myself and the things going on in my life, but whenever I'm anxious for my kids or I'm angry at my kids or I'm scared about something for my kids, my family, my husband, any of that, I need to turn to God. I need to ask him, search my heart, know my anxious thoughts, take care of these people because he knows exactly what is going on for them. Anytime I'm struggling, I'm wondering why is this happening? Why are we dealing with this? I can ask God and I can trust. I might not understand it, but he understands it. And that ultimately is way more important and way more powerful and way more effective than if I did understand it, because I don't have the power God has. I don't have the purity and goodness that God has. I have never knit someone together in their mother's womb. I don't know the days of my kids' lives or my life or my husband's life, but I can trust God knows all of that and he is in control and he is good. And the second takeaway um, that I that I see here, which I haven't quite hit on yet, um, this is particularly pulling from verses 13 through 16, which is these famous verses about God creating our inmost being, knitting us together in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We need to show our kids how incredibly valuable they are. You did not create your child. Yes, they probably spent nine or so months living inside you and they 
has been very dependent on you in their life, but God is the one who knit them together. And and kids really struggle as they grow up. They struggle with identity questions, with wondering who am I and why am I here? Do I really matter? Now, they don't always voice those questions to us, but those are very normal questions. And showing our kids how incredibly valuable they are is part of our duty and responsibility as a mom. Showing our kids that no matter what defect they might think they have, they hate their hair, or they have body image issues, or they wish they were taller, or they wish they were stronger, or they wish they were different in some way, no, they are fearfully and wonderfully made. God did not mess up. God has a plan for them. Every single one of their days have already been ordained by God. And so we have a call as their moms to not only love them and support them and encourage them, but to try to show them how incredibly valuable they are, even beyond what we think about them, even beyond the walls of their family and their home, they still have value. They still have purpose. They still have meaning. And we show them this in how we talk to them and how we talk about them. We show them this in how we treat them, um, our physical affection with them. We show them this as we take care of them and give them safety and security in our home and our food and the things we provide. And of course, we show them this as we open God's word, teach them God's word, teach them what a relationship with God looks like, and and maybe even read this psalm with them. There are so many ways that we do it, but we need to show our kids their value, their God-given value. And then the third takeaway that I see as I read and pray through Psalm 139 is the incredible importance of, uh, I guess I would say, not just self-reflection, but self-reflection in light of God's truth. And particularly, I've already mentioned, I love to pray these closing verses um, to ask God, please search me, please know my heart, please test me, please know my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I want to reflect and actually better understand who I am, where I struggle, what's wrong, what sin I need to confess, what I need to do differently. And I need to connect that then with verses 17 and 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. We need to connect those two. It's not just about self-reflection and getting to know ourselves better or our kids better or our husband better. It's about asking God, show me what I need to know. Show me your thoughts (laughs) and be present with me. The more you get to know your kids, you don't just want to know them so you have a good relationship with them. You want to get to know your kids so that you can better understand how does God think about them? How does God relate with them? How is God using you in their life? And the same is true of our husbands. We want to have that self-reflection, that awareness. We want to be growing in our knowledge of ourselves and of God and of each other. But we want all of that to be rooted and grounded in, ultimately, in God's thoughts. Not our own thoughts, 
but God's thoughts and God's presence. So friends, those are some of my takeaways as I read through Psalm 139, that I need to trust God and turn to him when I'm anxious or scared or feeling any kind of emotion about my kids or my family. I need to be intentional in showing my kids their God-given value. And I need to invest in self-reflection and growing in that knowledge within the context of prioritizing What does God think about this? What does God say is true? What relationship am I building with the Lord? And I would love to know, friends, what your takeaways might be as you read through Psalm 139, as you pray over these verses and speak to the Lord about what he knows and how he created you and who he is and what he tells us here in this particular psalm. I would love to hear your thoughts. I would love for you to hop into the Facebook group And let us know. Let us know what are your takeaways. How do you see this psalm applying to your life and your family's life? You are always welcome in the Facebook group. It's totally free. There is a link in the podcast description. Um, And we will be back on Friday for the Friday Faith Follow-Up to look at Psalm 139 from a different angle. We are specifically going to pray through this psalm for ourselves and our families. Um, And I hope that you know, this is a summertime series. (laughs) The whole month of July, we'll be diving into a different psalm each week. First, in the main episode on Tuesday, like we did today, to read it and try to understand it and try to consider the wisdom we get for our family life. And then in the Friday Faith follow-up, to pray through the psalm and to ask God to make it true and good and beautiful for our families. So that's what we will be doing on Friday. I hope that you will hop back in and join us. But until then, you can get tons of resources on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com. You can share this episode, this podcast with your friends. Um, And you can open the Bible, maybe even every day this week, it's not that long, and read through Psalm 139 yourself. Share with us what you're thinking, what you're learning, what the Lord is saying, And we'll be back on Friday. Hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.